Hey, hey, this is Takara, and you are listening to A Letter to My Sister podcast. You are in the right place if you are raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, there will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Hey sis, welcome back to another In the Thick of It episode. So instead of me writing you a letter, I'm actually going to read to you the letter that I wrote to myself this time last year. As you all know, if you have been rocking with me for a while, you know that last year I was in the middle of a separation. Not quite sure if we would get divorced, but... Everything was just kind of up in the air. So I bought myself a card and I wrote a letter to myself because I felt like there was a certain direction that I wanted to go in life, but I knew that this was the last time that I would be in the place that I was. The place that I was last year, I said, absolutely would not ever, 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 ever happen again. So the card says, sometimes it seems like things are falling apart. They're really falling into place. So my letter says, dear Takara, 2020 has been quite the year. The death of Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman, COVID, pandemics, public health crisis, leaving Germany, coming back to the States. You're in a new job position, a new city. Your relationship is in transition. You got a new car. In this decade, you've lost grandma, granny, granddad, Lenita, Auntie Cassandra, Uncle Leon, Auntie May, Auntie Karen, and Trevor. Side note, all of these people were very dear people to me. My grandma was like my best friend, for real, for real, like my best friend, my second mother, my granny, She's just like the crazy, <laughs> the crazy off the wall grandmother. That was her. My granddad was just super cool, super laid back. Him and I had a good relationship. Lenita was my cousin who died very unexpectedly in a car accident. And she wasn't even 30 yet. My Auntie Cassandra was my favorite, favorite, favorite auntie. Her death was unexpected as well. My Auntie May and Auntie Karen, some of my other favorite aunties. And Trevor, my guy Trevor, he was he was like my, my childhood best friend. Him and I were just <laughs> thick as thieves, especially when I went back to Detroit for college. Him and I were hanging together all day, every day, all the time. And he died unexpectedly as well right at the very beginning of the pandemic. So all of these were people that were truly 
near and dear to me that I lost in 2020. Okay, so going back to the letter. In spite of the losses, you've experienced love, new friendships, and a fulfilling career. All your needs have been met. You became a Sunday school teacher and even a minister. Who would have thought? Here's what I need you to know. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, self-discipline, and a sound mind. This time next year, you will be amazed at how far you have come. Purpose to Platform, which is a business coaching program that I did, will provide you with more clarity surrounding the book and podcast. Your marriage did not work out, but you tried, and that's what matters. You still have time on your side. You can still have the fulfilling life you wanted. You can still have the marriage. You can still have your own family. Love will find you, and it will be everything you ever wanted. A lot can and will change in one year for the better. So that is the letter that I wrote to myself on December 17th, 2020. And I am reading this today, December 21st, 2021. And when I tell you a lot has changed within a year, a lot has changed within the year. And that's part of what I wanted to talk about today. Because this card, I actually completely forgot about this card. And I remembered it today of all days. And I was talking with my cousin earlier And four times this week, I've heard this particular phrase in some kind of form or fashion. Your brain does not know the difference between imagination and reality. So whatever it is that you can imagine, your brain will think of that as your reality. And I have spent a lot of time dreaming imagining. Some people will call it manifesting. Call it whatever you want, but it's very true. And even taking it from a nursing standpoint, for patients that I've had with PTSD, you can't tell a person who's been through some kind of traumatic injury or traumatic experience, whatever it is that triggers them, that can easily take them back to where they were at whatever age they were, their body goes through those same exact emotions as if they are still there in that same type of environment. And I was real intentional this year about just sitting back and reimagining my life, reimagining what I really, really, really want my life to look like, what I want my marriage to feel like, how I want to experience marriage, the feeling that I want to have from my children, the feeling that I want to have from my family just being together, tapping into those feelings. Because I feel like a lot of times we say what we want, but then we don't take the time to sit in it. So we don't take the time to dream about it. We don't take the the time to think about it. We don't take the time to say, well, what does that feel like? What does that smell like, taste like? Whatever that thing is that you want, can you visualize it? Can you see it? This is why when people have a particular car in mind that they want, if they can have access to it, this is why people will go and test drive a car. They will touch the car. They will 
sit in the car. They will feel how it drives. They will smell the car. So then that way, as they go back, as they work towards this particular thing, they now have put all of these other senses into place so they can truly get this thing that they want. Because if you think about it, when you wake up and when you tell your mind, listen, today it's going to be trash. I can sense it. I can feel it. You know what your brain does? Your brain says, oh, oh, it's going to be trash. Cool. Let me get all the trash I can find so that we can make sure that today we're going to have a trash day. And do you realize how easy that is? Like as soon as that comes out of our mouth, the day truly is trash. Somebody came at us sideways. Somebody cut us off while we were on our way to work. Somebody at work is acting crazy. This person is acting out of character. Like it goes on and on and on. And even the same thing for all y'all out there that's like the dating pool is trash. There's pee, there's poop, it's hazardous, it's waste, it's this, it's that. But guess what? If that's the attitude that you take, of course you're going to get trash. Of course you're going to get the people who don't want to have a conversation. Of course you're going to get the people that's only after you for the one thing because that is the intention that you put out there. Do you know how powerful our brains are and how we can attract whatever that thing is that we want? I mean, can think about it. When the moment you say, "Okay, I'm going to get me a blue Toyota Camry." We'll just go with that. Have you ever noticed that the moment you set your intention on a car, all of a sudden that car pops up everywhere and you never even noticed it before and it comes in that exact same color? that you want it out of nowhere, your brain does that. Your brain will bring in whatever that thing is that you want. So if you find yourself in a position that I was last year where you're in a transition, you're not quite sure exactly which way you want to go, you just know that without a shadow of a doubt, you don't want to be here in this place ever again in life, I would encourage you to write a letter about what next year would look like for you. I would truly encourage you to do that because you know what? Let me just run this down. Let me run this down for you. All right. I'm gonna see if I can break it down month by month. Y'all know in the thick of it episodes, this is straight off the dome. This is child. This is unedited. Y'all just gonna get what I give y'all. Okay. (laughs) All right, so let's break this down. November, right before Thanksgiving, like I've said before, separated. I wrote this letter in December thinking about divorce. Not quite sure if I wanted to do it, but thinking about it. And what I took the time to do is I said, what what do I want? What do I want life to ultimately look like? What is it that I want to experience in life? Let me put my mind on that thing. And when I put my mind on that thing, in addition to going back through all of my journals, because I journal all my thoughts out, and I've been doing that since I, pretty much around the time that I got married, maybe a little bit before then, I went back through all of my my journals to see what I had wrote and what I was thinking. 
and the combination of where I wanted my life to be, along with all the feelings that I felt in my journal entries that I have written from 2011 to now, is ultimately what led me to my decision to file. Because I said, okay, you spent a lot of time trying to make this work, trying to will this to work. You've gone to all of the counselings. You've tried to change up your some of your behavior. You've done the compromising. You've done all the things that you know how to do. You've prayed. You've fasted. You've done all that. But yet, when you read your journal entries of everything, all the issues, all the thoughts, all the concerns that you've had, you're still in the same place that you were in 2012. So if this is where you were and you're almost 10 years now, do you want to do this again in another 10 years? And my answer was no. And then I thought about it. And then finally, I remembered the question that my marriage counselor had asked me one day when I was in a solo session with her. And she said, if this is not a situation that's okay for your sister, why is it okay for you? And I could not answer her question, y'all. I could not formulate any words to answer her question. Literally, all I could say was, I don't know. But when I go back to it, the reason why I said, I don't know, was because I didn't want the scarlet letter. I didn't want the D stamped on my forehead. I didn't want to go through the process of getting a divorce. There were, I had one person in particular, but maybe about two or three people who voiced concern about me getting married and they were like, are you sure? Is this something, is this something that you really want? We kind of see some things, we're kind of concerned. And I was like, no, it's okay. We've talked about it. We've done this, we've done that. I feel confident. I I have peace about it. I've prayed about it. I think we're good. I feel like we're really good. So for me to then go back and say, not necessarily say you were right, but there was just something in in there that wanted this, that wanted me to make this thing work. Not only that, also, like I've said before, both of my parents, their first marriage lasted a season, literally a season, three to four months. And I said, if I get married, I truly only want to get married one time. And I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make this thing work so that I only get married one time. Now, granted, eight years versus a few months, that's a good run. (laughs) That's a good run. But there are some times when we truly have to think about what is in our highest good? That's the only way that I can think of to say it is what is in our highest good. And I was reading a book 
about quantum leaps. The the book is called You Too. I, I don't remember the guy's name. May I'll post it in the show notes. But it was about making quantum leaps. And one of the things that he said is, you have got to get uncomfortable. And also for you to make progress, it doesn't have to be in small increments. It could be in leaps and bounds. And so one of the examples that he gave in the very beginning of the book was about a fly. And he was saying that this fly was basically running into this glass, trying to get outside, basically beating itself against the glass. And it kept going and going and going and going. And he's like, if the fly would have just turned around and did a 180, it could have flown in the opposite direction where the door was wide open and flew outside and been free. And that's some that's something that we have to consider as well. There are situations in which we can get in, and this doesn't just have to be a relationship, but there are situations that we get in that we try to force and bend and make it work. And we beat our head against the wall trying to make this thing work. We are going to do whatever it is that we have to do. And sometimes you just need to do a 180, go through the path of least resistance and set yourself free and see if you can make some quantum leaps. See if you can get to the next place that you wanted it to go. So I got completely sidetracked, but here's the breakdown. November, or let's go with December. We're in December. December 2020. Highly confused about the state of my marriage. Money was not exactly where I wanted it to be. And it's always been a frustration of mine that I was not where I wanted to be money-wise because I felt like I'm behind. I should really be further along than what I am right now. And I started kind of feeling a tug to do something else, not quite sure what the something else was, but I said, I know I want to do something other than nursing. There's something else that I want to do. I just can't quite put my finger on it. And I've always kind of had this feeling, but I spent so much time trying to pour into my husband and encourage him so that he could follow his entrepreneurial dreams that I didn't realize that I just kind of pushed my stuff on the back end. Because I was like, well, if he can go after his entrepreneurial dreams and his entrepreneurial endeavors, if he can then start to make really, really, really good money, then I would then be able to step back from my job, retire from my job or whatever, and then go after this thing that I think I should be doing. So now here we are an entire year later. And I literally just had this revelation the other day, but I feel like I have no remnants of divorce in my spirit. And here's what I mean by that. I don't feel sad anymore talking about my divorce. I don't feel ashamed anymore 
talking about my divorce. I have no ill will whatsoever towards my ex-husband. I truly wish him all the best in whatever it is that he sets his hands to do. There is, I do not talk negatively about him. Like I don't get in my circle and say, do you know this man did this? And he did nothing. I don't do it. I am joyful every day. (laughs) Every day I am joyful. I am not, I am not sad about being single. I'm not sad about the events that have transpired because at the end of the day, I truly believe that everything works together for our good. Even though it may not have worked out the way that it was supposed to, there is always a lesson in every single thing it is that we go through. There's always something that can be learned. And with our experiences, we're always able to pull or push somebody along so that they can get to the next level of where they need to. So now where I was stuck writing my book because I wasn't quite sure what to do, I'm now finished with writing the book. I'm just kind of now in the in the editing phase of it, putting some things in, taking some things out, but it is complete. And not only that, because of this new era, <laughs> this new status that I'm in, because truthfully, When I wrote my book, when I started writing my book, it was in the worst part of my marriage. This was the third separation that my husband and I had gone through and we were giving it one last go. We were giving it another go and I literally a thought just came in my mind like you should write a book. And so I truly thought that this was going to be a book about how you can go through hell in your marriage, come out on top and still survive. That's truly what I thought the book was going to be about. And again, all the things that I wish that someone had spoken to me about, just about the progression of the the journey to womanhood, essentially. How you should be when you're single, how you should see yourself as a single woman, how you should date, the questions that you should ask when dating, when engaged, the things that you should discuss, conversations that you, like literally I have everything broken down piece by piece and all of these are lessons that I learned along the way. But then for the divorce, I now realize that, oh, you have to add another chapter now because now what you have to do is you have to add okay, well, if this is not working for you, how do I know when to walk away? Because I feel like a lot of us get stuck right there. We're not quite sure when we need to walk away. And I think this is how we end up in these relationships for a very long time that's not working. Or... The other school of thought that I heard is, well, I've spent so much time with this person. I don't want to start over. But the thing that I always encourage you to do is, okay, 
If you're one of those people that says, I spent so much time with this person, I don't want to have to start over and do this again. Let's say, for instance, you've been with this person for 10 years, and let's just say you're my age. So let's just say, as a matter of fact, let's round up, make it a good even number. So let's just say at this age, you're 40, you've been with this person since you were 30. Statistically speaking, you should be living until you're well into your 70s. So you got a whole nother 30 years left of living. So you mean to tell me that you don't want to give up 10 years for potentially 30 years of bliss? You want 30 more years of being unsure? You want 30 more years of being in hell? You want, is that what you want? You want another 30 more years of that? This is with a relationship. This is with a job. This is with a business partnership. Whatever it is that's not working, this is the time for you to reevaluate, reimagine what you want your life to look like and see if how you're living today, if that's going to fall in line with where you want to be. And if how you're living today is nowhere near where you want to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, then we got to make some changes and we have to be unapologetic about exactly what we want. Because another thing is that we as women, for whatever reason, sometimes we're scared to go after the thing that we want. But you deserve happiness as much as anybody else does. If you want to be the next CEO, if you want to be the next Oprah, if you want to be the next whoever, by all means, do it. Put it out there in the universe. Write it down and say, but this is my heart's desire. This is what I want for real, for real. And this is why I like to journal because when I journal, I'm free. I can say whatever it is that I want to say. Nobody's going to look at me crazy. Nobody's going to tell me I'm crazy. Nobody can talk me out of it. Nobody but me. And I wish I would talk myself out of something that my heart has already told me that I want. That would be crazy. It would be absolutely crazy. And that was also another tough decision that I had to make regarding my divorce because I'm 38, soon to be 39. My birthday is on January 8th. Sidebar, okay? Listen, y'all can send me cards. I like letters. I like flights. Y'all can cash at me. And if nothing else, you can definitely give me a shout out on Instagram, okay? Now, back to where we were. So, I am 39, soon to be, years old. Currently not married, no children. My heart's desire is to be married with children. If I allow people, some people, to speak into my life, they would tell me I'm too late. They would tell me that I'm too old. They would tell me that I can't have children. That's what they would tell me. But what are the facts? Luckily, with me as a nurse, the fact is I know that I can still have children. The fact is I know that I am a good woman. I know 
that I would make any man proud, okay? (laughs) Any man, right? I know that I am wife material. I know what I, although I hate this question, I know exactly what I bring to the table. I know my capabilities. I know that any man who comes into my life if he has a business, if whatever it is, I know that I am an asset to him. I will never be a liability. Child, with all these skills I have, ain't no way. It's not even possible. But what I do know is that, yes, I am older, but I know that I have a responsibility to be in the best shape possible so that I can carry children and carry them to term. So what does that mean? That means that I know that at this stage of the game, I need to eat healthy. I need to exercise. I need to meditate. I need to keep my mind right so that way my body can stay healthy. There's actually data out there that says for those people who meditate regularly, their telomeres lengthen. And the telomeres If they stay at this particular length, that actually gives you a greater possibility of conceiving because your telomeres tend to shrink as you get older. Listen, this is all science. Y'all Google it if you want to, okay? But it's in there. So guess what I'm doing? I'm doing everything that I know to do so that I can keep myself in the best possible shape and condition to be able to conceive children so that way when I do come across this man and he does want to have children and I want to have children, it's not going to be hard. And it's not going to be hard because I have already visualized what I want my life to look like. I've already visualized how I will feel with my husband I've already visualized how I'm going to feel with my children. I've already visualized and complimented my body on being able to carry children and how fly I look while I'm doing it. This is what I have done. So my brain already knows this is what we have to do. So my brain now is just playing catch up for all of the things that I've already showed it. So I've already shown my brain a reality, essentially, of what I want my life to look like in a few years. Now, I just need my brain (laughs) to go out and put out those, those little brain waves out there to attract the proper person for me so that I can have this life that I have envisioned so that I can have this life that I've wanted. And I believe that things are done in decency and in order. So it could be that maybe I can't have this family until I have completed a particular assignment, which is why I know that I need to finish this book which is why I started the podcast. So I know that God will always give us the desires of our heart. If we have the desire there, clearly he's the one that put it there. And he had to because I knew, I just knew 
that I was not going to be married. I was going to be the one that was giving out rich auntie vibes. And I was going to adopt kids. Marriage really didn't seem like the life for me. I didn't really see it, didn't really see the importance of it or anything like that. But now that I have been married, now that I see the importance of it, now that I know what a force a husband and a wife team can be, especially if they're on the same page, especially if they have the same drive, especially if they have the same mission in mind, you can't stop no husband and wife team. It's not even possible. The couple that instantly I think about is the couple in Baltimore. I don't even know their name. But I do know they are called the Charm City Buyers and where they buy the block. Two young adults are basically changing the entire face of Baltimore by buying houses one block at a time to essentially change an entire neighborhood, an entire community, and create generational wealth. Two people started that. Two people started that. So just imagine if I also have dreams of legacy, if I also have dreams of community building, if I also have dreams of of uplifting women so that they know how strong they are, that they know how beautiful they are, that they know that they have the ability to inspire and nurture and expand any man's territory, anybody's territory. What can you not do? There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing that you can't do. Nobody can stop you. No one can stop you but you. So don't you dare get in your own way and stop your own self from being great. So if you ever catch yourself going after your dreams, And you start self-sabotaging yourself. You know what you do. You start overthinking. You start gathering more and more information. You say you're not ready. You say it's not perfect. You say it's not. Like you come up with every single excuse in the book. But what happens if you just get out there? What happens if you just try it and see what happens? This podcast is a try and see what happens. I was not fully prepared. I did not have four episodes in backlog like people suggest so that you can just churn episodes out and be ready. I literally had an idea. I came up with an intro and I recorded an episode and I was literally recording a new episode the day before the episode was to drop. That's how I was doing. (laughs) Okay. And now, now that I've got a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more skill, I have recorded all of the episodes for this season, but I can show tell you they're not edited yet. And then I have these. I have these in the thick of it episodes to where this is just random thoughts. It's me talking. It's just straight off the dome of whatever is on my heart to say at the moment. And God is still stretching me completely. Do you know I am just now getting comfortable talking to y'all? We almost 30 episodes in. I am just now getting comfortable talking to y'all. I don't even see you. I get I get feedback 
but I don't see y'all. Y'all don't see me. Y'all don't see what I look like. And I do look crazy right now. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Boy, do I look crazy. How do I know? Because I am looking at myself in my laptop right now as I am recording this episode. But you got you to gotta take the first step. You have to do the next best thing. And as you do one step, then the Lord will light the next step for you. Like right now, he is giving me ideas about going over into YouTube land. And I'm like, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I don't know if I want to do that. But also I know that I have to be obedient. And when you do things that don't make sense, that's honestly when you get your biggest leap. That's where your quantum leap comes from. It's not with doing the things that you're familiar with. It's doing the things that you are totally unfamiliar with. I actually, um, I have to get used to this. I'm not used to the title of minister and I don't use this title often. I don't tell people I'm a minister. I don't. Um, (laughs) So anyway, I preached a sermon one time in Germany and the title of it was Comfort Zone. I had no idea that this sermon would continue to haunt me (laughs) for the rest of my days. I thought that when the Lord gave me the title of getting out of my comfort zone, that it was just going to be as far as me acknowledging my role as a minister, me acknowledging my role as a teacher. I didn't think that once I left Germany, the assignment would continue and I would continue to be uncomfortable. I am like in a constant state of uncomfortableness. That's what I am. That's what I'm in at this moment. And let's see if I can remember the example that I gave. The example that I gave is that we will stand in lines all day, right? We will stand in line at a concert. We will stand in line at a grocery store. We will stand in line for whatever it takes, right? Because it's extremely comfortable for us to stand in line. No one really wants, though, to be at the front of the line if you don't know what's before you. No one wants to do that. But we'll stand in line all day. We like to be comfortable all day. Now, if someone had told you the person who stands in the front is the person who gets $2,000, everyone would want to go to the front of the line. But that's not our journey. That's not what we know. Unfortunately, we only know one step at a time. And sometimes I feel like if we knew what was coming, Either either we would run from it or we might be extremely reckless and not work for what we know is coming, right? So like God can tell me all day, yeah, absolutely. You are definitely going to get married. You are definitely going to have children. I don't know when though. 
But I do know that there are certain conditions that need to be in place before it happens. It's like chores. I didn't get money from my mother until I did my chores. No chores, no money. This is the same way for all you Bible folks out there. You know, I always got to throw a little something in there. So this is the same way with the children of Israel. Their journey was not supposed to take 40 years. They were supposed to be there in a few days tops. But then they got to complaining. And then they got to um, being complacent. And then their journey took way longer than it was supposed to. And honestly, that's what some of us are doing. The places that we're at right now, we probably should have been a long time ago. But because we're playing around, because we're too busy staying in our comfort zone, because we're not sure, because we have this fear of the unknown, we're not moving. But here is the thing. This is the thing that one of my business coaches have taught me. It's not, and if you listen to last week's episode with Evelyn, she said the same thing. It's not a what if, it's an even if. It's, well, what is the truth of the matter? So let's say, for instance, that, let's just say that you want to start your own pie business. We'll just go with desserts. Everyone loves your desserts. Everyone says your desserts are fantastic. They are better than somebody's grandma who has made these pies, cookies, and cakes, honey. And because you doubt your own skill, you will only make it for your family members. And everyone expects it. And you don't want to step out of that comfort zone. You don't want to mess anything up. But check this out. It's word of mouth. If everyone in your family loves your food, loves your your desserts, can they not spread the word for you? Can they not say, hey, my cousin, my sister, my whoever, she's opening up her bakery business for the holiday season. You know, Christmas is here. Before you know it, Valentine's Day will be here. And she's going to make desserts during that time Is that something that you would be interested in? And even if it doesn't work out, you can say that you tried. And even if it doesn't work out the way that you expect, what did you learn from that? Did you learn that maybe you need to write down your exact recipe so that it tastes the same every single time without deviation? Did you learn that maybe when you're making multiples that you need to do something with your oven, that you need to prep your pans ahead of time, that maybe you need to put a little bit more flour in there so the pound cake won't stick so that it comes out beautifully every single time? Did you figure out that maybe you need to add a little bit more salt, maybe you need to add a little bit more lemon so that you can pop them flavors up a little bit? It's, it's an even if. We don't know if anything we're going to do is we don't even know when we get married that if it's going to work out. You hear so many people say, well, I'm actually more sure of my decision now than what I was the day that I got married. Why? Because we have experiences now. We have truth. We have facts. We have all of these, all of these things to tell us, okay, this is the real deal now. 
So that's my challenge for you. My challenge, I didn't even think I would be here this long. I just knew this was going to be 20 minutes. My challenge is for you to imagine what you want your life to look like this time next year. You know that I'm all about letters. I challenge you to write yourself a letter of what your life looks like. And I need you to write it in all categories. So I need you to write it in what it looks like in your health. What does this look like with your work relationships? What does this look like with your family relationships? What does this look like in your marriage? If you want to be married, what does that marriage look like? What are y'all doing? How much fun are y'all having? Where are y'all going? Do you want children? How many children do you want? What kind of pregnancy is this? Is this a boy? Is this a girl? Do you want a natural birth? Do you want a doula? Do you want a midwife? How do you foresee all of this playing out? Do you want to start a business? How much money are you going to make? How much money do you intend to bring in next year? But not only that, don't just be throwing out no random number. What are you going to do with this money? Does this money allow you to pay off debt? Does this money allow you to give back to your community? Does this money allow you to put money aside for your children? Does this money allow you to buy a better car? a better home? What does this thing allow you to do? Tap into every single last one of those feelings because I guarantee you the moment you tap into those feelings and you start having this heart of gratitude, everything changes for you. Every single thing changes for you. If there is something that you have been thinking about starting, if there is something that you have always wanted to do, this right here, this is the time for you to do whatever that thing is. Sis, I don't know what it is, but I need you to do it because this was not on my little script that I had in my head. So somebody out there, one, two, three, four, five of y'all, whoever you are, this is the time for you to start. You need to write out your business plan. You need, or you know what you need to do? As a matter of fact, you need to just start. Don't be worried about no cards. Don't be worried about no flyers. Just get on Facebook and be like, hey, I'm selling my pies for Christmas. Who want a pie? I will make you a pie, okay? Because truth be told, your pies probably are better than the people that's already out here selling their stuff. I bought a sweet potato pie from a lady because everybody just ranted and raved about her pie. So I wanted to try her pie. I had her pie and I was like, baby, my pie tastes better than this. Honey, I could sell pies. Baby, I could sell pancakes. (laughs) Pound cakes. Okay, not pancakes, but pound cakes because I get so many compliments about my sweet potato pies and I get so many compliments about my pound cakes. And people have told me that I should sell it. But baby, that ain't my ministry. I'm not trying to. I don't want to. Now, if I wanted to start a baking business, sweet potato pies and pound cakes would be the first things that I would sell because that is what people like to eat from me the most. So just get out there. Baby, go sell a pie. Go make some cookies, okay? Put them in some Ziploc bags, whatever it is that you need to do so you start. I just need you to start. We have, how many days we got left? Nine, 10 days. Either way, we got a little bit more than a week left of the new year. And I guarantee you, if you start, if you end this year 
with that, with whatever that thing is that you're supposed to start. Can you imagine what your 2022 would look like with all these quantum leaps you about to make, sis? Come on now. Don't let fear stop you from doing the thing that you know, you absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that you have been called to do. Don't let nobody stop you, not even you. Don't let nobody talk you out of this thing. If you feel like you've been wanting to do this, this is your confirmation. This is the word from on high that you needed. This is what you needed to hear, okay? Go out and do that thing, all right? So I would like to hear from you. If you are going to take me up on this challenge, if you are going to write yourself a letter, if you are going to start whatever that idea is, come on, let me know. Let me know. I want to know so that I can follow you and follow up with you. So slide in my DMs on Instagram. Y'all know where I'm at. Come up to me on Instagram. I don't really play on Facebook too much. Or you can drop me an email. Hello at lettertomysister.com. All of my information is in the show notes. But seriously, I really want to hear from you all. Let me know if you're going to take me up on this challenge. All right? So sis, there is no one like you. There is no one out here that can do the things that you do. So show up, let your light shine bright, and never dim it for anyone. Until next time, bye.